0: to Crossview Radio, a weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Why can't we just all get along? That's really what I want to talk about today. Relational conflict is a major problem in our society, in our world, and this problem is seen everywhere you go. From the conflict that exists between nations all the way down to the conflict that exists to, between preschoolers, we seem to be a people who are always quarreling. One author, actually comments on this uh, part of our culture. He says this, quote, "...things are not getting any better. If anything, they are getting worse, for the 20th century was the bloodiest in human history. One intellectual rightly described it as the worst century our planet has yet endured. Spectacular advancements in science and technology obscured by evil, pure, and unadorned. The new millennium can only promise more of the same, more people, more greed." More lust and more violence. There is no doubt about it. Humanity has a problem, or perhaps we should say humanity is the problem. End quote. The prophet Habakkuk observed a similar problem uh, in his day, and he cries out in Habakkuk 1, verse 2, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear, or cry to you violence, and you will not save? What is wrong with us? I recently uh, asked uh, an unbelieving friend uh, this question and his response to me was, well, we just don't communicate well enough with each other and we need to do a better job of communicating and that would solve our problems. Is that what's wrong? Is it a communication problem? And of course... I don't think that it is. I think the Bible gives us a very clear picture of where the source of our problems lie. I um, will not pretend to be exhaustive in this area, okay, because there are a lot of things I admit that are going to be left unsaid. However, I do want to hit kind of the high points specifically in the area, not as much national conflict, uh, as much as personal relational conflict, although there will be overlap in those areas. I don't think it's going to be necessary to review the fact that I believe the Bible is sufficient to address this issue. If you doubt that or are wondering about that, there are two podcasts uh, I did on biblical counseling, actually interviewed two different guys. Um, And so for the sake of today's conversation, though, I'm going to assume we're on the same page regarding the sufficiency of Scripture. So the question is this, what's wrong with us? What causes us to fight and to quarrel? Well, I think we'll Really, let James answer that question for us because he actually phrases the question so well. He says in James 4, uh, verse 1, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Now, whatever his answer to this question is, is the answer that we're looking for. And before I read the answer to this question, I would like to acknowledge just for a moment briefly that unfortunately, in our culture, Christians need to be prepared to defend this answer to the church. Of course we need to defend the standard to the culture but to the church as well and I'm using the term church loosely here. Unfortunately the so-called church is arguing against Sola scriptura and against the sufficiency of Scripture um, And so that is something as Christians we got to be prepared for is understanding that we're going to be fighting the so-called church, In really even defending the sufficiency of the Bible to answer these kinds of questions. But with that aside, though, the uh, debatable, quote-unquote, answer to this question is is clearly given to us by James in the rest of verse 1, because he says this, let's start from the beginning again. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And this is what's so fascinating about James's uh, diagnosis. He tells us that the problem of, of relational conflict, the problem of fights, the problem of quarrels, is a problem with our desires. It is a problem of what we love. That's an interesting diagnosis. The Greek word translated as passions here. Is the word, the Greek word hedone, which may sound familiar to you. It's where we get our English word hedonism from. Uh, this idea that I will worship and pursue my own desires and my own happiness above all other things. And of course, uh, any conversation on relational conflict would not be complete without bringing uh, Paul Tripp in here. So I'm going to play a, a clip uh, from Paul Tripp. Uh, on this uh, on this idea of relational conflict and then we'll talk about it uh, uh, on the other side here.
1: Think for yourself of how little of your anger in the last month had anything to do, uh, whatsoever to do with the kingdom of God. You're not angry because God's law is broken. You're not angry because God has been displeased. You're angry because somebody had the audacity to get in the way of something you want, something you think is a need, something you feel. Well, if you see that you, you will not find a greater argument for the need of our being rescued by God's grace than the conflict that we have. It's right there in James 4. James asked the, that question, why are there so many fights and quarrels? He doesn't answer because of those creepy people that you live with. His answer is, don't they come from your desires? bad within you. You want something, but you can't get it. There it is.
0: And there it is. Uh, if you were to diagnose this problem of conflict, you probably would not call it a desire problem. But I think, uh, obviously, the, the text of Scripture here in James 4 uh, hits this right on the head, and, and Paul uh, Tripp obviously identifies that as well, and I think he's he's right in his, his diagnosis. Uh it's a desire problem. It is a problem with something that I want, something that I love. You love yourself too much. I love myself too much. James tells us that our desires have latched onto the wrong things, and that is what causes our problems. Now, the world gives us the opposite advice, right? The the world tells us we should indulge our desires, That isn't actually any new advice. One Greek philosopher, in fact, says this, quote, He who would live rightly should let his desires be as strong as possible and not chasten them and should be able to minister to them when they are at their height by reason of his manliness and intelligence and satisfy each appetite in turn with what it desires. Today, this same philosophy uh, is uh, echoed through the words, listen to your heart. Your heart is the supreme guide of the person. Now, interestingly enough, I actually agree with what this philosopher is saying, but not with what he's meaning. Uh, Let let me explain what what I mean by that. Uh, He says our desires should be as strong as possible. He says that we should satisfy our desires. And I actually agree with that. I think that God wants our desires to be at their height. And I think he wants us to be supremely satisfied in every way possible. I agree with C.S. Lewis when he says, Our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. The problem is not desire in itself. Rather, the problem is where that desire is attached Note James says, specifically, your passions are what? At war. Every time you have a relational conflict with someone, you can always trace it back to uh, one or both of you, and usually it's both, uh, wanting something but not getting it that's true of the nursery children one child desires a toy train so he takes it he desires that train he wants it so he takes it the other child desires the train and so he hits the child that took it away from him and it's the same thing for us adults one driver desires to get in traffic fast so they pass you you know on the shoulder on the right hand side there just as that lane is ending and 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 they desire to get in traffic you know ahead of you and get home fast or whatever it might be and you desire that people don't take advantage of you and break the law so you speed up to prevent them from passing you before you know they run out of room what drives uh, no pun intended what drives both of your actions your desires. In both scenarios, it is, I want this. Or perhaps, you know, a wife is tired of cooking every night and desires to go out to eat somewhere. But the husband desires to save money. And before you know it, the husband and wife are yelling at one another and giving each other the cold shoulder. They both desired something. They both wanted something. And we can multiply this example a hundred times. Think of all the conflict within the last week every time it had to do with unfulfilled desires. Somebody wanted something and didn't get it. It's not really that complicated. A child could explain it, and yet, at the same time, we can't seem to shake this problem. And that is what I find um, uh, interesting about uh, James here, is that what he does is he goes on later in verse 4 to say that this, this action, this... Desiring the wrong things, this hedon, this hedonism, this is actually uh, in raw form, uh, spiritual adultery. It is, as he says, to be a friend of the world and an enemy of God. Why? Because this person has his or her desires in the wrong place. Their desires are for the things of the world. Therefore, they're the friends of the world and their desires are not for God. Therefore, they are enemies of God. People who are engaging in relational conflict have passions and desires for things other than God. And of course, we would uh, then recognize that the ultimate solution is to attach our desires and our passions and our love and our joys ultimately to God and to God alone. And what I want to do is uh, address that actually a bit further uh, next week, uh, and, and really talk a little bit more about you know how how it is that we deal with this. Today is more just kind of diagnosing it and talking about what causes these fights and these quarrels. Uh, but that being said. I do want to look at one more thing this week because uh, you may say, you know, sure, I understand what you're saying, John, but it's the other person's desires and not mine. And I want us to just consider briefly uh, the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3. He says this, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Why don't we see the log in our own eyes? Jesus is telling us that we have a tendency to be blind to our own sins, we have a tendency to be blind to our own contribution to relational conflict, and yet, at the same time, be very uh, enlightened to notice the sins of others. Uh, Manton, Thomas Manton, actually uh, says this about that reality. He says, "...we all desire to sin with a warrant from heaven." And I think that is so true. We we want to sin, and yet we want to do it in such a way that God approves. So we have to justify our own sin. We have to justify our own logs in our eyes while at the same time condemning those same sins in others. Let me suggest to you that in the vast majority of relational conflict, both parties are to blame in some way. Don't seek to justify your own sin while you inflate the sins of others. Take a long and hard look at yourself before you point the finger. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I did refer to C.S. Lewis earlier, and I I actually want to come back now and give you the full quote um that uh, that I alluded to earlier, because I, I want to, to just drive home just this one last time that the problem is a disorder of desire. It's a sin problem, but that sin is that I desire something other than God." Uh, CS.. Lewis says this quote, "Indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. The gospel calls us to crucify our desires. Not because God wants us to live dull, monotonous lives, but because he has more satisfying desires in mind for us. He is offering to us that holiday at the sea. Jesus himself says this in John 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And that's certainly a promise worth holding on to. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.